So that kind of shook my foundation. And um, I said, it's not God. It's probably me not interpreting what he revealed to me. And thank God I was able to get that right. And getting back to the interpretation of everything, I was able to find out that, and that kind of helped me in my walk with God. Thanks for tuning into Upward Way Podcast. If you're looking to be spiritually blessed, moved, and inspired, there is no doubt you are in the right place. On our show, guests recount their encounter with Christ and how their lives have been transformed through the grace and love of God. And now, please welcome our host. Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. My guest today is the pastor of the Okinawa International Seventh-day Adventist Church, a position he has been serving in for over four years. Pastor Messan Komeja, welcome to the Upward Way. Thank you, Brother Marlon. Last week you were sharing with us that period that you went through where you started to question and even doubt God's plan for your life. You didn't really understand fully his will at that point. Could you just continue by telling us, Alicia, you know, what do we do in terms of understanding God's will for us? Sometimes God's will for us is not dependent on only one person. His will still has to have two, three other people involved to make it perfect. He knows the end from the beginning, yet Every experience that he allows in our lives is not to take us backward, but it is to move us forward with him. And I think that a part of me, and I need to be honest with you, a part of me, as God was telling me that he was sending me to Japan, a part of me felt and believed that I was going to get there because of my then fiance. So, and I think I even forgot about how I got to Japan. So when she was removed from the equation, I felt like, why am I here? And God reminded me, how did you get here? Did she play any role? And one after the other, God was just like debunking this, like removing things like for me to realize that, hey, I brought you here by myself. No one, like she did not play any role. I didn't get the visa because of her or whatever. God he led me, brought me to Japan for a reason. And even though in my mind, I was only thinking about, okay, things are going to happen this way. It's going to be like this or like that. God had a different plan, but he didn't reveal it to me ahead of time. <laughs> because if he told me, well, you know, yeah, but then this is what was going to happen. I'll probably not go forward. But I think that experience really helped me to kind of fall back and say, Lord, here am I whatever you need to do. And for the first time, I felt like I was alone because the person I felt like I was waiting for that person to come so we can build something in Japan was no longer there. So it's like, I felt like I'm here alone. I was in Tokyo, well, with the church family, but then I felt like, you know, I was going to start everything all over. But God, again, in his love and mercy, he reached out to me. And in, you know, in a dream, he wanted me to look forward. And I'm so happy that he gave me that dream because 
that was that Dream I needed to close that page and move forward. And I can truly say that looking back, the way my life turned out, I never imagined it happening that way. And um, God is, is, is very amazing. Um, so that was a point in my life where I felt like everything I believed so far felt like they were no longer standing. But thank God he was able to reveal himself to me and to tell me that, hey, I see God to you. I was the one who gave you that revelation. And I'm still the one that is going to make sure I fulfill everything I told you. I was then not a pastor. I was still a missionary teacher, but then the story for me becoming a pastor is another one. <laughs> Two quick questions. First, you know, what would surprise most persons about you? That's the first one. I was thinking about what surprised people. I guess today, if you look at me as a pastor and how I enjoy ministry, you would never have thought I never wanted to be a pastor. I think that would be the first thing that, oh, this guy never wanted to be a pastor. And the second thing is, I never wanted to live in Japan, but it looks as if this was my dream land or whatever. So those are the two things that I can say um, that when I tell my story, people are really, you know, are surprised that, oh, we didn't know that, um, that you didn't want to be a pastor or you never even didn't want to live in Japan. So those are the two things because everything else, it was just God's plan, never my, my decision. I just followed it. Yeah, I think that other things were, those are the two things that, you know, stand out. The second question is quick, but I know it will take some time to explain, you know. Why is it that some persons find it so difficult to trust God's plans for their lives? Based on my experience, is because we want to have control. We want to have control over our lives and things that happen in our lives. Unless we realize that the only way we can be successful, the only way we can live the perfect life God you know, planned for us is by letting God lead us as a shepherd. If we want to be the shepherd and be the sheep at the same time, it's not going to work. The only way we can have this you know, work is us being a sheep and letting God lead us as our good shepherd. I know, and I, I just told you, that what every plan I had, when I look back, God's plan for me, I don't think I, would have, I could have planned it any better than this. And I can tell you that I'm living the best life. Ministry is great. Family, the woman God you know, brought into my life is just perfect. Kids, amazing. Oh, amazing church family. I mean, everything is great. And I wouldn't have planned it better myself. Uh, I had some great plans. But looking back, oh, they were just, I won't say stupid, but they were not as great as what God has done for me. So we just need to understand that if we don't want to trust God, we will make decisions, but it will never be the best. But when you trust the Lord, he brings the best because he always wants the best for his children. Man, and I have to go back to the scripture verse you shared earlier, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord or thine heart. I won't say any. I won't quote the entire thing because as you said, mm-hmm. you trust God. He always wants the best for us. And that is something I will repeat because persons sometimes think it's foolish, especially when you're a male, <laughs> to put your trust in a God that you know we can't see, but we experience God for ourselves. And so when we trust him, he wants only the best 
for us. Before I had asked those two questions, you were going to share a little about the experience in terms of pastoral life in Japan. So I'll just give you a chance to share that, the overall experience with pastoral ministry here in Japan. Pastoral ministry in Japan, I believe I cannot share that experience without sharing how it came about because I tried to be a pastor in Japan. I can tell you that because I knew God was calling me to the ministry. He didn't call me to be a teacher. I have to rephrase that. When I got the call, then it was not to become a teacher. However, God allowed me to be a a teacher for a reason. I didn't know that then, but later on I understood. So while I was a teacher, deep down in my heart, I wanted to get into ministry, right? Because that's what I believe God called me to do. So I did ask what it would take to be a local pastor here in Japan. And the requirements, once I heard them, I was like, okay, that's not me. <laughs> this, so this is not a country for me. Um, I needed to speak fluent Japanese. Um, the interview was going to be in Japanese and, um, and I need to preach in Japanese. And I knew, oh, Japanese was such a very difficult language. So I took that out of my mind. So I tried to be a missionary pastor, like AVS. So um, I was at TIC, right, as a missionary there. What's interesting, God has um, a sense of humor. The same church that I was, I was offered to become the pastor, he sent me there as the missionary. <laughs> People did not know. I thought probably that's something that would surprise them as well, um, that while I was there, I could have been the pastor then, but then because it was, yeah, yeah, I declined it. But it was not God's will. But God taught me humility, right? To kind of, you know, be the, just a missionary. Oh, messer, you know. While I was there, I did apply to be a pastor in Japan as an AVS pastor. And there was two options, either PIC or Okinawa International Church. Both times I got denied. So I applied, I got denied. And then I said, okay, I cannot really be a pastor here I tried another church, you know, um, not in Japan. I don't know why I was even trying to go to another country when God told me to be in Japan. Again, the thought of becoming a pastor got out of, you know, it took over me. So in Morocco, there was a chance for me to go there. I applied and God again shut the door to the point that I decided not to try. So it's, I kind of lost all hope. Like, you know what? You wanted me to be a pastor. I never wanted to be a pastor. You called me to this. And every time I apply, you shut the door. So what then? If you want me to, to be a, a teacher, then be it. And after two years in Tokyo, I needed to leave Japan. I met my wife and I felt like, God, you wanted me to be in Japan. You don't want to leave. And so when they rejected the Okinawa application to be the pastor here, then they asked me, would you want to be a teacher at the junior high in Okinawa? To be honest with you, Marlon, I did not want to be a teacher, right? <laughs> I said, two years is enough, you know? I think I need to move into, you know, pastoral ministry now. But a voice told me, if you say no, aren't you showing that you're a picky guy? You just want one thing and nothing else? And I told the pastor that, He's now our president. I told him, well, it's okay. You know, um, you can you can send an application to them. Um, no problem. But deep down, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> but, um, and guess what? 
lo and behold, they accepted my application. So I moved to Okinawa from Tokyo and I started, you know, working there and I loved it. And that's where I said, Lord, okay, if this is what you want me to do, I will settle down. I'll be a teacher and um, I'll do ministry here at the, at the school. And when I stopped crying, right, when I stopped trying to force my way into ministry, when I was just relaxed as a teacher, and again, one day at church, I'm sorry, you know, but these are very important things. I was about to preach at the junior high, and one of the teachers, we were just in the, you know, in the room before we would go up the sake street, if you want to call it that way. And he looked at me and said, oh, Pastor Mason, and he was trying to, not joke, but I think he was sincere. But when I heard Pastor Mason, I was like, oh, yeah, a pastor without a flock. So I kind of responded. Um, you can see the disappointment down in my heart. I think I, I was still holding that. Like, yeah, I'm not a pastor. I don't have a flock. So don't call me that, you know. And his response to me was as if God was talking to me. He said, no, 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 don't say that. Um, these students, you know, are your flock. They are your flock. You, you Don't say that you, you're a pastor without a flock. You have a flock. And only then, Marlon, that my mind grasped the, the calling that God gave me. I think up to that point, I thought being a pastor or God's call to the ministry was about having an actual church and ministering to that actual members, you know, membership. So I did not see the schools where he, you know, he took me as my ministry and that I was there for a reason and I didn't have to be, you know, an official pastor to do God's work. And when that clicked in, it was like a revelation to me. Like the way I was in that school just changed. I just poured myself into the life of these, you know, young people because they only have three years with us. And, oh, I enjoyed those years. I enjoyed it because, yes, I did not have a natural church, but I poured whatever I knew to these young men. Um, and that was the best. And from that time, God saw that, okay, he got it now. And all of a sudden, the same people who rejected my application came to me. They needed somebody to the same church they denied me access to. They needed someone to take over, but not as a missionary but as a local pastor. Amen. The amen, right? And the requirement that they told me before, the same people came to me and I had the, the interview in English and, and here I am. So when God says something, you got to believe him. He would do it in his time. And even though I tried to force my way into, into it, uh, it was not the right time and it wasn't going to be the way he wanted me. He wanted me to be here long-term, not as an ABS, two years, and then I have to leave. So God did it in his time, and he did it the best way. And I can't thank him enough. Ministry has been great. Leading an international congregation is not easy because we have um, people from the States, Americans, military, different culture, mixed with... Um, local Japanese and other um, um, foreigners. So there is that trying to find the right balance because people come with different cultures and um, it's not easy. However, it has been the best years of my life because I have grown as, as a man, as a pastor through the experiences here. And I think 
I learned more patience, you know, working here. Um, and I was able to share my experience with people coming here and leaving. And um, working in Japan is not easy, especially ministry-wise. But because my congregation is international, I think I can say that I have less of a burden because I don't have to deal with language, for example, or people who do not have um, a background in Christianity, right? But because I'm in Japan and because our church is in a Japanese community, we also challenge ourselves to reach the local community. And that's where the, the challenge is uh, because these people um, they're so nice people, but they just don't, don't have the concept of God. And that's difficult because sometimes you look at them, they have good moral values, right? But it's just they don't understand who God is and the, his love for them. So getting through that, it has been a challenge for me, but the language has been my biggest challenge in Japan. And thank God he has helped me to start... Um, studies in, in Japanese, and I'm studying right now. So hopefully in the couple of years, I will be able to speak the language and then reach out to, to a lot of people that I have as friends, but I wish I could have the mastery of the language so I can explain more about the good news we have in Christ. That is an awesome experience. And just to, for our listeners, when Pastor Messon says... Uh, A-V-S. AVS, right? Adventist Volunteer Service. So when he says AVS, that's Adventist Volunteer Service. And the TIC, that's really the Tokyo International Seventh-day Adventist Church. So just so that you understand when he speaks. There are so many things that I really pull from what you share. And the one takeaway I will really focus on is that, you know, when a door is closed, God has the power to open that door that is closed. And if he closes that door, you don't need to fight and try to, to hit it off. Just accept his will for your life. Because as you said before, and as we said before, he wants only the best for us. There was something that was slipping my mind and it has just um, gotten back. You, you just mentioned that you are currently uh, studying the language. And a few months ago, I read something where it says when you communicate in a person's language, you reach to their heart. So I know That's right. On top of the language, then you will hold a more special place in their heart because I know already you do. When we think about God, we don't really see God as someone who has a sense of humor. We, we sometimes look at him as austere, as harsh, just waiting for us to make mistakes. But have you ever had an experience with God that just had you or left you cracking up with laughter? Yes, I, I had. Um, I think the first one was... Of all the places that I could have gone as a missionary um, a teacher in Japan, God sent me to the very church that was supposed to be a pastor, uh, but it didn't work out. And that was very interesting because, you know, they could have sent us to various places. And when I got to the church and I saw Tokyo International Church, I was like, what? <laughs> oh, so that was, you know, something that was like, wow. And God brought me to Harajuku, the center of Tokyo, the biggest city in the world. And um, yeah, it, it was like, wow, Lord, I can't believe you're doing this. Then the second thing that he did, I, I couldn't help but just laugh. Um, I visited Okinawa and um, I had a friend who was a pastor of Okinawa International Church. So when I visited there, um, 
my my wife now also, you know, we travel together. And so we asked this pastor if we could stay, if he could, you know, accommodate that. So we stayed in the house with the pastor, my friend, and went back to uh, mailing Japan. And um, little did we know that God was going to send us to Okinawa. I didn't know I was going to move to Okinawa. That's one. Secondly, when God called us to be pastor in Japan, he sent us to Okinawa International Church, the first church we came and we visited in uh, Okinawa. And the same house where we came as a visitor is our current home. And when that happened, I was like, come on, you know, God, come on. You, you know, he, he did that. And my wife and I, we looked at ourselves and said, we can't believe it. This is a house we visited and now we have a family here. It's just uh, little things that God does sometimes. And you know, it was not a, you know, a coincidence. But those are the things that keep me um, excited about God because I know there are other things in the future that he would do again. Yes. Sometimes he gives us a preview of what he has in store for us. That's right. That's right. Very interesting. <laughs> now, just before we go, Pastor, do you mm-hmm. have any parting words for our listeners? Yes. I think um, every time I have the opportunity to address anyone, anyone, especially people that are interested, you know, um, in the Lord and his word, looking at the situation we are in right now with the pandemic and social distancing and churches being closed and worshiping online and all this stuff. I think two things I would like to share with um, the audience is that we need to seriously learn that in this world, we will be tempted to trust our own understanding. And this has been, you know, the story of my life. When we think we know it all, we know what's best for us. It's not the way to go. I've seen it over and over that, yeah, great plans. We think it's good, but unless God sanctions that, we should not continue or follow that path. And especially in these last days and what's going on in the world, I think a lot of people also can be led astray following their own understanding, you know, about what's happening now, what they think is happening what they think they should be doing, um, following the mass. Do not get caught in following the mass, what they do. Always ask the Lord, Lord, this is what's happening. What would you have me do? There is no more um, case for us to be guessing. I think God wants me to do this. I think we should all do this. I think I will have this. No, friends, we are in the last days And everything we do should be, I know God wants me to do this because he revealed it to me because I asked him what is his will and I walk in it because the devil is going to try to deceive us. Unless we walk by faith, we will not make it. And what is faith? It's hearing a word from God. This is my, you know, a definition I got, you know, lately. Hearing a word from God, believing that it came from him and trusting that no matter what happens, it is his will and he will accomplish what he said and then obeying it. If we walk by faith, nothing that we do will be guessing. It will be thus saith the Lord. And I have found that when we walk like this, the, the Bible says without faith, no man can, it is impossible to please God. 
And we need to walk in the just shall live by faith. And we have to start learning how to walk by faith and to live by faith because only those that live by faith will make it till the end. And I want you and I to be part of that group. And so whatever people say, don't listen to the mass, go to the word of God. God will speak to you. And he speaks to us in different ways. Sometimes he speaks to us clearly from his word. Sometimes he speaks to us, you know, um, through our conscience or through dreams. Whatever way he speaks to you, listen to that word, confirm that word, and then obey it. And trust that he will make everything happen in his time and he will make it beautifully. May God bless you. And I hope that you don't get discouraged and depressed by the situation, but know that your God, our God, the one that loves us, he has everything under control. Just trust him and follow him. Thank you very much. You have been listening to my guest today, Pastor Mesan Komeja, the pastor of the Okinawa International Seventh day Adventist Church a church that he has been serving for over four years. Do join us again next week as we'll have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith. You've been listening to the Upward Way podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world. 